Hello! Welcome to the countdown to Halloween on Death Metal. Into the void with Christopher Pierce and Buddy Fucking Lloyd. We're back again. Man, we missed you guys last week. We married off Buddy. Yep. If you want to see the video of his wedding, we did a pretty cool little ceremony down on uh, some home country farm territory. Oh, yeah. There was dogs and pigs and chickens and goats and Buddy fuck someone in the throat. All right. Not that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we fucking partied hardied. Who did? Uh, yeah, the video's pretty fucking cool. I watched yeah. it. It's fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, we missed you guys for a week. Thanks for tuning in to the Lost episodes. I hope they kept you entertained to fill the gap. Of course, we're still figuring all this stuff out. This is only episode 12 or 13 or so. Yep. And uh, we're happy that you're growing with us and letting us figure this thing out upon your ears. We have got rippers for the next few weeks we're gonna dive into the one and only satan's night bad breath bad boy himself richard Richard ramirez few announcements before we move along of course you got to keep up with all things on professional pirate media which is our home company our producer mark records this entire podcast he puts it out on his network like that facebook page like him on instagram twitter all that social media presence that we need to thrive as a corporation. Uh, Mark's got a new podcast coming out called Epizootics of Blowhole. So I hooked on Bonix. Yeah, it remind, every time <laughs> I say it, I think of Zoo Books. Remember that fucking magazine? Oh, yeah. You learned everything you needed to about a puffin, penguin, poodle. Pooch. <laughs> That's all the pee animals I could think of. Uh, <laughs> They're all pee animals. The main podcast that Mark's got on there, the flagship podcast. I was on an episode of that. That should be coming out real soon. Listen to it if you want to hear me talk about dumb shit like comedy instead of dumb shit like murderers that work for Satan. I want them to work for Satan. This one does. Did you have a good week on your honeymoon, buddy? I did, man. I got to see some rad shit. You went to the murder museum? Murder museum. Got to read some letters from some famous serial killers, including our little buddy, Richard Ramirez. Handwritten, signed. It's really fucking cool. You man. think he blew his breath all over him before he sent them off? Uh, they look kind of melted. Some of the, <laughs> some of the ink looked like it was running from his breath. Man, that boy... <laughs> A terrible breath, but I don't know if you if you watch like when he had the trial, his teeth were all yellow and rotten oh, yeah. and fucked up. As it progressed in prison, his teeth got better and better. So I guess yeah, you could say there's some good things that go on in prison. Dental hygiene, and of course, if you're unfamiliar with the Death Metal Dicks podcast, what we do is we use our detective skills to snoop out the roots of death metal lyrics by comparing. True crimes and paranormal activities, and more recently, conspiracies to death metal songs that we like. Whether or not that's the accurate source, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> you cares. And tonight, 
we'll be doing Sadistic Bliss by Gorgasm. And we'll be talking about Richard Ramirez. Now, Richard went on a well-known terror streak that gripped California in fear for almost two years by way of being a literal goddamn boogeyman. He was running around, breaking into places at random, all over the place in the middle of the night with no pattern, looking for women to brutally murder and mutilate. He's one of the most infamous and interesting cases America has ever seen in the serial killer department because he had a lust to be talked about in the media as much as he had to kill. Richard thought of himself as a literal mercenary of Satan. He thought when he died that he would receive the royal treatment in hell and he wanted to bring more souls to Satan with him. Where do you think he got that information from, buddy? I'd say Ozzy Osbourne. You think it was the Ozman? The Ozman. Or you think it was ACDC? It was ACDC. I think it was all the above. Was there wasn't everybody. a lot of metal to pick from them, but God damn did Richard like metal. Oh, he did. And that's why we, well, we don't like him, but, you know, if we're going to talk about serial killers. He's a fun one to jump into because, man, what a cult of personality old Richard is. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. This is my favorite fucking time of year, buddy. Mine too, man. The weather's getting cooler. The movies are getting good. Halloween's coming, which is uh, when all the rest of the dorks catch up to the things that we're into for at least a few weeks. And we decided that on the ramp up to Halloween, we would do approximately three episodes over our man, Right Hand of Satan, Night of Satan, Weird Shit, Richard... we're doing some real long chugs do you know what i thought about doing for halloween sometime is a uh gothic band that covers 90s country songs called goth brooks hell yeah so you would take like a famous song from the 90s like something that you know garth brooks or alan jackson wrote like uh talking about cars Dreaming about women, never had a plan, just living for the minute. Hell yeah. Oh, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, it gets hotter than a hoochie coochie. These people do like circular head motions and shit. Too. Oh yeah, you know that golf, oh, sh- yeah. that shuffling, they oh, shuffle, yeah. fucking spraying patchouli they everywhere skip. there. They like skipping the same. Yeah, place. It's like, yeah, well, they do like a, they do like a, like a, like a hardcore mosh two step, but real slow. You yeah. know, it's like the same skank motion. You're skanking. But it's like a slow skank, like you kick the toe of your dock with the heel of your dock, and the fucking patchouli incense is in the air, the dark sandalwood is in the air, and it's a wonderful time of year. I love this shit. Yeah, man. I wish we had a gothic bar. When we start touring and we come to your town and you want to hang out with us, take us to your goth bar. Take us to your fetish night. Take us to your industrial night. That's the shit that I like to see. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I like to sit on those toilets and take shits. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to watch you. Watch me. Richard had a bad start in life all the way back into the womb. His mother, Mercedes, had already had six kids. Two of them had terrible birth defects. She worked in a shoe factory. And the entire time she was pregnant with her seventh kid, Richard, she had fucking sat in that shoe factory and breathed in foot toxins the entire time. (laughs) And it was 1960. Nobody gave a shit about factory workers back then. Yeah. 
There was no EPA regulations. There was no OSHA regulations, especially for a female working in a shoe factory. Just breathing in all types of shoe fumes, fucking up her pregnancy. She actually almost lost Richard. She had a bad pregnancy. He was born a little bit early, and doctors thought that her body was going to full-on reject the pregnancy. But lo and behold, Richard struggled his way out of the womb, came into the world hard. February 29th, 1960. Richard had a pretty rough childhood health-wise because obviously he was born a little bit early. His brain was a little bit scrambled. Apparently, sweet little Richie, as they called him, loved to dance. He would dance around the house all the time. And one particular day, he was in his room trying to turn the radio on so he could just boogie around to some La Bamba or whatever the fuck he was listening to. He goes to turn that fucking radio on and he somehow pulled the dresser on top of him while he was trying to do that. It cracked his fucking head open. They found him with the dresser on top of him and the head wound was so bad he had to get 30 stitches. Wow. Yeah. Two years old. And then when he turned five, he was off playing in a playground, started uh, pushing a swing, swing went forward, came back and smacked him in the head so hard it knocked his ass out cold. Yep. So that's two traumatic head injuries. And the second one, funny enough, links him with another powerful serial killer that we haven't gotten into yet. Well, I guess we talked about him a little bit with the uh, Ripper crew linking to him. John Wayne Gacy Mm -hmm. also took a swing to the head when he was five years old. So you got two head injuries, premature birth. Now Richard is epileptic. Did I say it right? Epileptic? Yeah. All right. So, you know, Richard's going to school um, in elementary school. All the kids that he went to school with says that they remember it says say that they remember him being a real nice kid, uh, regular, got along with everybody, nice to the teacher, did all his work. But it, everyone remembers him so well because he was the seizure kid in school. Yeah. So they all had to have a plan on what to do if Richard was out playing and he fell over and started shaking. I had a seizure kid in my school. You have one of those? Yeah. I went on the bus one time. <laughs> He fucking feebed out real goddamn hard, dude. Feebed out? <laughs> you can say that. I did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had a girl in our class, dude. That shit was, first of all, terrifying because they would just, like, you know, I was, I mean, I, I think it was in, like, second grade, and her, her name was Winoka, so you can, Damn. <laughs> I'll drop a name. I don't remember her last name, but that was a weird-ass name. Only, I never heard a name person. like that in my yeah. entire life. Winoka! Sounds like if the fucking Tim McGraw song. Oh, Winoka. Learn. Half Wyndham Hotel, half Wonka. <laughs> Winoka! But yeah, she would seizure hard, dude. Uh, but And like her eyes would roll in the back of her head and she would just shake, but she couldn't stop, you know? So it would be like, like I remember her being like, hey, 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 and she just... Whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> well, she was shaking. Her pants were getting pissed. Everyone was like, what the fuck is this? Whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> yeah, I remember that shit, dude. I just, I for sure remember one day she was swinging. She fell off the swing season up and pissed her pants. And I was just like, holy shit. I love making fun of people peeing their pants, but this is not the time nor the place. If I would have saw that, it would have been at my turn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, poor Winoka. That but was yeah, like a poor, hell poor of a ride. Poor Richard. You know, it's not good to be the fucking kid in elementary school. It's way different than everybody else with that type of thing going on. Uh, so he had to deal with that. And then on top of that, his dad was abusive as hell, man. He was uh, ex-military, ex-police officer. He had a really bad temper because I guess he was a cop, which was a good job. And then he ended up being some type of city factory worker. Yeah. I read it, but didn't write it down like a genius. He had he went to a manual labor job from being a cop, and he had a horrible temper. I mean, they had seven kids, dude. I got two kids, and let me tell you, they get on your nerves. Imagine having a house full of seven kids. You know what I'm saying? Well, for, stop coming. You know, that's a problem with Catholics is that they just have this code that they live by where every time you fucking put it in there, you got to blow it out, and you can't use any type of birth control. They just have to, to procreate over. No, dude, you have to come in there live. No, no, nothing in between you and that fucking sugar wall. Aren't you supposed to use lamb's neck condoms? No, you can't do anything. What are you talking about? It's like throw lamb's fuck, neck. Throw fucking a lamb, man. <laughs> you, <laughs> do you think that's a real type of condom? That is, man. They make lamb skin condoms, but it's not the neck of a lamb. I want the lamb throat. <laughs> you think that they just like what part of the lamb is gonna fit on my dick? Well, surely the throat. Is that how your brain came up with that? Well, it just seems like it'll feel good. Sticking your dick in a bunch of bubblicious underneath the school desk. <laughs> but yeah, Zad had a fucking horrible temper. He beat all the kids every damn day with the belt. Apparently it didn't bother Richard himself too much to get beat with the belt, but his brothers, like I was saying earlier, they had a severe birth defects. So he had a couple of brothers that they at the now this is 1970s talk, but they called them slow. You know, they were well, what we would call developmentally disabled is probably the right term for it. And his dad would beat them with a belt, and that drove Richard, as it should, crazy. You know, really bothered him. Richard was the baby of the group, so he usually kept himself tucked in between his mom and sister. His dad had such a crazy temper that one thing that the family all talked about is one time he got into such a rage that to calm himself down, he had to take a hammer and kept smashing it against his head until he sprayed <laughs> blood everywhere. Man, I got a bad temper sometimes, you know what I mean? Especially if I'm, like, not taking my Adderall and shit. Yeah. yeah. Not like that, dude. Hammering your head? <laughs> That's a recipe. He was born into a serial killer house for sure. Oh, yeah. Like I said, he spent most of his time with his mom and sister, which is real weird to me given the way that he ended up being so violent towards women. They focused real hard on raising Richard in the traditions of the Catholic Church. Most of the other kids, too, but it seems like what I gathered from this whole thing is Richard was basically the smartest kid besides the sister. It seemed like his older sister and him had the best shot of, you know, getting in the world and doing something regular. Everyone else was just slobbering everywhere. Yep. So Richard had a brother named Joseph, and uh, he was the worst out of everybody with the birth defects. Apparently, Richard was the guy. He he was 14 years old, and at the time, Richard was 7 and 8. And Richard was fist-fighting boys at school to keep them from messing with Joseph. And then a bully came into the picture that Richard and the rest of the family had no chance against. Two of Richard's brothers were in the special education program at Richard's school. And unfortunately, the teacher of the special education program turned out to be a child molester. And he had somehow, well, I should, I don't, he earned the trust of Richard's parents, which is what pedophiles do. Yeah. 
they got a real slick way of talking because that's their number one goal is to be alone with kids. So they'll yeah. go about it any way they can. This guy worked his way up to that, and I guess he was watching the Ramirez clan one time when his parents were gone, maybe more than one time. But he was with them while the parents were gone, and he molested the two older Ramirez brothers. I think he molested Richard, too. Yeah, Richard wouldn't admit to it. This is something you'll find out about Richard is he's pretty forthcoming about a lot of his crimes, a lot of his life, the way he feels about most everything. But there's a lot of things, it seems to me like, that really hurt Richard, like we'll find out when he starts killing people, that he kept to himself because they really bothered him. And, you know, even the most vile, despicable person has got things in their life that they want to cover up. Yeah. And this is all crucial to understanding how Richard became Satan's knight because you just have this ramp towards adulthood. You know, a lot of serial killers that we have covered and will cover have similar traits. You know, they either have head injuries, bedwetting, animal mutilation. Now, we don't know about bedwetting or animal mutilation with Richard. I mean, either of those things could have taken place. He didn't bring him up. You would think that he probably would bring up animal mutilation at least. When a house of seven kids, who knows about bed pissing. But the traumatic head injuries, I think that accounts for so much crime in the world. You know, look at how many athletes end up doing some crazy shit because they've been smacked in the head for 20 years. Yeah, it's a prefrontal cortex. It affects your decision making. It affects... What is good and what is bad, you have no idea. You're just ready to to fucking kill. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Richard, as we'll find out, for sure ended up in his own fantasy world. And I think that's what happens with, I wouldn't say a good majority of serial killers, but a lot of the time when you find people that went real hard and real far and did things that make you just go, what the fuck? They're often off in their own delusion. Yeah. Uh, Richard Ramirez was around 12. Instead of being best friends with his brothers or some neighborhood kids, his best friend was his cousin Miguel, a.k.a. Mike Ramirez, who had just come back from Vietnam. Mm. Now, Mike (laughs) is a fucking sociopath. Oh, yeah. Psychopath. A fucking loon. (laughs) (laughs) That boy's gone. Now, he was gone before he was in the Army from all his family's accounts. Sorry, but when he was 19, he got drafted into Vietnam. And, of course, as someone who's already into being crazy as hell, likes killing, likes death, he excelled. He worked his way up to Green Beret real fast, got sent over to Vietnam. He was one of the top soldiers over there. He received a Medal of Honor and all types of other accolades from the military from being in firefights and saving people and killing tons of Vietnamese. The only problem with all that shit is, is while he was over there, you know, Vietnam was a gnarly-ass war, dude. Yeah. It was like media first got involved in following the military around. They had done it before in World War II and things like that. But at this point in America, we had just gotten color TVs. Basically, every house had access to being able to watch the news. And reporters were following around soldiers in the field all the time. And that's something that hadn't previously happened before. And there was a lot of media coverage. There was a lot of problems with the war that were being reported on. And a lot of them were the soldiers' fault. Because over there, I think the opponent that they were fighting, the Viet Cong, used a lot of psychological warfare on America 
and the other part of Vietnam that they were fighting against. You know, they used the jungle warfare. They had the tactics where they would build all those holes and booby traps. And you would just be walking in the middle of nowhere and get ambushed all of a sudden. So everything there kind of played with your mind. You know, yeah. it's an intense environment. And that's kind of what the Viet Cong's whole deal was, is that they wanted to drive you crazy so you would be easier to attack. They kind of had a guerrilla way of fighting that they could use a smaller force to take on a larger force. I mean, we didn't win Vietnam, you know. No. We had a hard time. It was a tough fight. And we lost a lot of people for a real small place. And so because of that gnarly environment, I think it pushed people who were already crazy way over the edge and doing some real brutal shit. And let me tell you, Cousin Mike was no exception to that. He came back. And he loved to tell 12-year-old Richard about everything he had going on in Vietnam. He, he turned Richard and his brothers into smoking pot, huff and glue. Shout out to huff culture. I love a huff. And, you know, when you're 12 years old, I think up until 15, that's when you're really developing, like, your sexual desires. Yeah. Your body and brain are kind of coming together and figuring out what turns you on. What gets you going, what makes you hard, what makes your little TT tighten the tent up, if you know what I'm saying. What makes the rod turn into Todd. And, you know, it was easy for Mike to swoop in and be friends with him because he had a shitty home life. And when Mike came back from Vietnam, he brought a shoebox. And that shoebox was full of Polaroids from Mike's time in Vietnam. And, you know, a lot of soldiers in Vietnam found themselves spending time around prostitutes, mm -hmm. experimenting with hard drugs. Ooh. And Mike found a special way to combine those two activities. And he just full-blown started raping, killing, decapitating, and mutilating Vietnamese women and prostitutes. And then he would take Polaroid pictures of him raping, mutilating, cannibalizing, and... Him sticking their heads on spikes like he's goddamn Genghis Khan out there running wild. Polaroiding them up, stuffing them in a shoebox, and then bringing them back to show a 12-year-old Richard Ramirez. Wow, man, that's a hell of a POV session right there, dude. God damn, <laughs> can you imagine this shit in the but, 70s? You know, yeah. you had never seen a Rotten.com before. You had never seen Faces of Death before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your cool cousin Mike's swooping through and showing you what he did in Vietnam, and it's just a bunch of... Headless bodies getting fucked by Mike. Which, he's already got the head trauma, so he doesn't know that it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> exactly. Oh, he loved it. I mean, he loves yeah. hanging out with Mike. And Mike loved hanging out with him. That's a cool pair. Dude, I had an older cousin named Mike myself. Did you? Yeah. The only thing he did that was cool to me is he got me into Metallica. Oh, yeah. I remember when the Black Album came out, he picked me up from school, and we went down to Sam Goody. We were in a Camaro. No, <laughs> he, he didn't have that type of car. <laughs> we, I think he had a Ford Escort, though. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we, we got in line. We waited for like three hours to get the Black Album. We got into his car. He put that shit in, and it goes fucking... My cousin Mike hits eject and goes, launch it! <laughs> Threw that fucking CD out the window. Where the hell's cousin Mike at now? Oh, dude, he's working for Papa John's. <laughs> they owned, total they, fucking they, sense. Yeah, well, I, they owned a whole bunch of Papa John's. I probably shouldn't put his business out there because it's easy to find, but what the hell ever. Mike! <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to fuck you. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Ooh la la was he showing him some gross pictures and really changing Richard's life. And, uh, you know, the Ramirez family, they were just so fucked already. They didn't really pay attention to Mike, I guess. They just let little Richie hang out with Mike all the time. And one day he's over at Mike's apartment. And another thing Mike loved to show Richard is how to kill. You know, he had knives and guns and he would talk him through ways to be stealthy and sneak up on your enemy and make a clean, efficient kill and, and how to kill someone instantly and not have to worry about them coming back and fighting you. Just an easy way to kill. Like they would teach the military. Yeah. And that's another thing is that if you're that level of soldier going to fight in a war, they're teaching you that these aren't people. They're more like animals and they're evil animals that have to be cold. So Mike's perception of the world rubbing off on Richard, it's a terrible twosome. And Richard got to see that shit come to life because one day he was over at Mike's house and he started arguing with his girlfriend. So Mike calls Richard in the room, pulls out his little thirty-eight, and shoots his girlfriend right in the face in front of Richard. His wife, when he married? When no, it was his girlfriend. Okay. And who cares anyway? Yeah, it could yeah. be that. We're not. Look, man. I know. We get nitpicked on details, which is fine. We should be, but we don't claim to be experts in any sense of the word. So you can pick away, buddy. You can pick away, listeners. It's all good. It's a community. I'm, I'm we can gonna... figure out things ourselves. But I'm pretty sure it was his girlfriend. Who gives a shit? What's important is that Richard saw that when he was 12 years old. Pop! Get shot in the face. And he remembered it vividly. He told police when he was being interviewed when all this was going down and prosecutors, so they're trying to build a case on who he is and if he's insane and all that stuff, that he saw a dime-sized hole form in her head when he heard the bullet and a single stream of blood spray out all over the kitchen. Imagine seeing that when you're 12. Yeah, well, I don't want to, but I know what it did to him. It gave him a Barnum and Bung circus dent in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he got hard as a rock. <laughs> oh, man. Man, those, are- those fucking... When I was that age, dude, I would get boned up from nothing and everything. Man, when I was in fourth grade, I had turned in this math paper, dude, and I had a boner. And I fucking walked up, and, I, and I'll never forget the teacher, man. She was a fucking gymnastic teacher, so she was stacked. And I, a stacked mama. <laughs> she was a stacked lady, man. I had this old boner, dude. And she just laughed at it. Oh, my God. She laughed at your boner? Yeah, I asked if I could go to the bathroom. That's traumatizing, dude. I went and jerked anyway. <laughs> In fourth grade? Yeah, dude. You're like nine, she laughed at your bone and you went and toned? No, no, <laughs> you toned like, that bone. No, it was like sixth grade. Sixth All right, grade. yeah. But still, dude, fuck. That's got to be really so shitty <laughs> laughing at your boner, dude. <laughs> hey, man. Fuck. She them high-waisted jeans that show your fupa. She had a foop. <laughs> no, but it was like an in shape one, man. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Old strong fupa out there laughing at your boner, dude. I think that's what it was about her. I liked. <laughs> a strong fupa? You're like crushing beer cans with the top of her puss. Yeah, man. I was like, Puh. looked at it, and I imagine the lady from McDonald's go, what kind of dipping sauce do you want? <laughs> She's fucking holding dipping sauces with her fupa, dude. <laughs> Dipping the nugs. Look like a chicken nugget, sauce. dude. Yeah, she got a chicken boot fupa. Yeah, I mean, and Mike shot her, and the next day he was arrested. That motherfucker got found not guilty by reason of insanity, because obviously he's insane and he's a war hero, but he still ended up being incarcerated into a mental hospital, but just for four years, and he kept in touch with Richard that whole time. So when he got out, Richard was 17, and they were fucking best buds. They were doing coke, huffing glue, smoking pot. While uh, Mike was locked away, Richard had been dabbling with LSD. 
fuck yeah. But that's not good when you've just seen someone get murdered. And you're already thinking about death, murder, rape, violence, because you've been looking at all these pictures getting desensitized. You put all that negative in, man, and you take some acid, man. It's all going to come out, brother. That's the way the universe works. you got to put in some good if you want to have a fun acid experience. If you have a bad acid experience, you're going to sit around and listen to the worst black metal, and your brain's going to go to a dark spot, and then you're going to be stuck there for hours. And Richard probably loved that shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Remember that time <laughs> I fucking tripped real hard and took my pants off and tried to walk around the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing about that whole thing to me is you telling me I was, I mean, I, re, I, I vaguely flashed to remember you being like, you don't have pants on. And I was like, yes, I do. And you're like, no, you don't. I was like, yes. You're like, dude, you're just tripping really hard right now. Got to put your pants on. It's like, I got pants on. You're like, no, you don't. But then uh, you looked down and you were like, well, what's the difference? And I was like, oh no, you get your, I ended up like pushing you by your waist, like getting you inside. And then, uh. Found some basketball shorts on to help you get ready for school. Like, <laughs> yeah, put, one what, le- put one leg in. <laughs> that's what's so funny is that just like I was a toddler, I had to hold on to your shoulders. Oh, and you, man. Uh, that's why you're the Whole best. time I was like, oh, God, I hope his ding didn't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend, man. Only that type of person would do something like that for you. Uh, but, yeah, imagine going through seeing your fucking cousin's girlfriend get busted in the face with a – 38 special and Fuck. then taking some acid. Shoot. <laughs> and as Mike was coming out of jail, apparently Richard started living with his aunt. I think her name was Ruth and her creepy ass husband. And he was a legendary peeping Tom. Everybody knew he did that shit. And so he was taking 13 year old Richard out on peeping Tom runs with him. Damn. Like he was going out at night and looking for tits and windows and taking Richard along for the ride. Like that old boy from Little Nicky. <laughs> yeah, so they were... And I bet Mike probably taught him how to be stealthy and shit. <laughs> Was Mike fat? No. <laughs> That's a good inside joke. You can explain it if you want to. Uh, we went and played laser tag one time, and there is a huge bitch. <laughs> she tried to tell us how stealthy she was, and I was like, you're not stealthy. <laughs> you're fat. <laughs> She we're got, fat too, but she we got would never be like, well, we're ninjas. But Actually, hey, you would be like you're a ninja. Yeah. You're a ninja. I am, man. Explain it while I drink this water. <laughs> We've already explained it several times. But, you know what? To be fair, man, she kicked our fucking ass at that laser tag, and that bitch was stealthy, dude. She had that fucking... <laughs> what's that fucking thigh thing, you're man? Fucking stealthy, wealthy, and wise. What do you mean, thigh thing? You know the fucking thing from the 90s where you just fucking strengthen up your hams? A thigh master? Yeah, dude. She was thigh mastering, and that's why she won, dude. She was lying on How her so? How do you win later? A thigh, ma- a thigh she master? She was squeezing the trigger with her thighs? Listen, orthopedic shoes, yeah. thigh master exercises make yeah. you light on your feet. <laughs> Orthopedics? I guess, man. Was yeah. she wearing them new bells? Yeah. NBs? No, nah, man. The fucking Nike, NBMD? Sh- Nike shocks with some fucking Dr. Shows in them. <laughs> man, and nothing brings out the holes. Like Dr. Shows. The women love them. God. Great traction. <laughs> uh, modest, economical, and boy, oh boy, are they comfortable. Slide those boys in some K-Swiss and see what happens when you fuck. 
Oh, a nice pair of K-Swiss when you just. <laughs> and a fucking visor, dude. Oh, man. That was a weird time in history for that. <laughs> How do we get off track? <laughs> oh, yeah, they were sneaking around, and uh, Mike taught them the tactics of Vietnamese war, and they just used it to stare at tits unwantedly. <laughs> Creepy. And this is around the time that Richard claims he started sleeping in the cemetery on the corner of their street. Which apparently... <laughs> <laughs> Don't put a picture up like that. Oh, my God. Great. All right. So Richard claimed, dude. Woo! Richard claimed <laughs> that he had uh, been sleeping in the cemetery. Hold on a second. I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Karate. We'll take a breath that'll never translate to a podcast, but let me tell you something. Something hilarious happened, and you just have to leave it at that. I suggest you tune in to the YouTube feed so you can see us laughing at least. All right. <clears throat> this is around the time that Richard claims he started sleeping in the cemetery on the corner of their street. I guess sleeping in the cemetery wasn't creepy enough for Richard because on his own volition, he started praying to Satan. Damn. I used to do that shit as a kid, too, though. Yeah. I would just be like, all right. <laughs> what I would do is when my grandparents would make me, they would make me go to church, and I had, the only way I could tolerate it is I would sneak up into the balcony, which that was Boner City up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I would just sit back there with rock-hard erections, rubbing on it in the back because no one was around, but when I was up there, I'd, like, flip to the revelation and then, like, read names of Satan and then, like, pray to that name. So it would be like, Beelzebub. And I'd be like, all right, Beelzebub. Give me a Beelzebub. <laughs> Help me jack off right now. But, dude, I would say so many prayers to Satan. Dude, a crazy prayer I said to the devil one time. So I dated this girl in high school for, like, a lot of high school. And uh, right when we were – because, you know, I, I didn't have parents and shit at the time. I was on my own. I was emancipated. I was a free man. Ooh. And I got an apartment, and she moved in with me. And uh, not too long after she moved in with me, she ended up cheating on me. With this old ass piercing artist, it was so gross. Ugh. And then uh, he was like, uh, he was like a metalcore dude, but he was like forty. It sucked. <laughs> he was the worst. Oh. But I, uh, I prayed to Satan, and I was like, "You gotta take care of this bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and dude, I swear to God, like, uh, like uh, someone, had, someone told me like three or four years ago that she got multiple sclerosis. Jeez. She's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, Satan heals, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. When I was at church, man, I used to go take a break in the youth during the youth times, man. I'd get up and walk in there, and they had, like, a fucking entire kitchen. Yeah. And I'd steal the cookie dough and eat it and go jack off in the bathroom because I felt like that was, like, I felt like that was the worst thing you could do at church. Oh, yeah, dude. Jacking off in church, man. That was my shit. Jesus lives in your heart, not in mine. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's there right now, I'm coming his ass out into the toilet. Hell, uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, big surprise, Richard wasn't doing great at school at this time. First of all, he smelled like shit. He wasn't taking care of his teeth. He smelled like open ass and graves. And he <laughs> creeped the fucking kids out because at this point in time, it wasn't cool to be metal as hell. He just stank. It was weird. Man, he doesn't like smell like a fresh cracked ass. <laughs> <laughs> fresh cracked cemetery ass, man. God. So Richard dropped out and started working at a Holiday Inn. And it didn't take him long to start rummaging through people's shit and taking valuables. 
He was like some type of night manager, so they gave him a skeleton key, which opened all the doors. Tight. I don't see how the fuck he got away with taking shit for so long. It says he did it for a while. It's like, okay, you hire a new employee. He's disgusting. He's not taking care of his teeth. If he's not taking care of his teeth, he sure ain't taking care of shit else. He ain't taking care of the customers. That's what I always look at business-wise. If someone's fucking chomps are fucked up, if they can't take care of their mouth, how can they take care of a job? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that... <laughs> they overlooked that with Richard. <laughs> it took you a second. Uh, you know, and he's just stealing shit and getting away with it. And he's the fucking weird new hire, but whatever. I guess they don't give a fuck. And uh, he's also using his powers to creep around hotel rooms and do what him and his weird-ass uncle have been doing and stare at naked chicks all the time. Oh, all night long. Right. He's supposed to be up front, taking care of folding towels and shit like that. Nah, nah, nah. Richard's looking at Bush every single waking minute. He's getting obsessed with it. What if he was like coming in the towels and then folding them? Oh, he definitely was, dude. He was Think about how much he was jerking off. You were the stinky kid in school, right? Yeah. I how did, much did you jerk off? A lot, man. <laughs> I mean, a typical day. Walk me through it. Uh, I, I'll give you a story, a breakdown, man. I was in science class one time, and yeah. there was a girl that I liked a lot, man, and I fucking... Uh, I had long hair like I do now. Yeah. And I fucking was like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. And you know how like when you're getting up and you know you're getting a boner, but you got like that, like maybe two minutes before it gets real fucking hard. And yeah, the bone it? window. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I fucking uh, walked out of the class, man, and went and took a took a pee. And I stayed in the urinal because nobody's in there because the class is going on. And I'm just fucking jerking away, breaking a sweat. <laughs> breaking, breaking a sweat. Breaking a hot sweat, man. Ugh, and then dude, that I hear. That so gross, man. I hear fast footsteps. Yeah. Like somebody trying to catch somebody to do something wrong. And I fucking, like, in the middle of me, like, taking my hair and kicking it back. Fucking so I can get really good in there. <laughs> I'm fucking, uh, the principal was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just peeing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm peeing hard, man. So, like, I'm sitting there and he's, like, sitting there peeing. And I'm, like, flicking the head of my dick trying to get it soft. So I was like, fuck, I don't want to sit here and talk to this guy. So, I, yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you smelled bad, because of shit like that. So, I know, Richard. Oh, yeah. That's I sex know. dick and jerk hand, dude. Like a motherfucker. <laughs> sex dick. I know Richard was jerk, jerk, jerking away while he's staring at Bush real creepily. And I guess finally he fucking decided to make his goddamn move. He got boiled over. He got too hard. He got all boned up one night and decided to go ahead and use a skeleton key to break in a room. He saw this chick that was alone getting into the shower. and He just had to have her. So he busted in, got behind her, put her in a chokehold, started pulling her to the ground, began to rape her. Luckily for her, her husband was just out at the car getting some shit or getting some ice or something. Got back in the room and kicked the shit out of Richard Ramirez. Yeah, yeah. And he needed his fucking ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? I know, like, come up back and with a big-ass fucking 10-piece from KFC and seeing your wife get like that, dude, I'd snap right into a fucking leg <laughs> Oh, yeah, Whooping dude. some fucking ass. I would never want my wife to go through that shit, but if it happened, just catching the beginning phase of it, God, dude, you would fucking legally kill that guy. You, you could yep. just murder him. You would just beat him to death. But he didn't beat Richard to death, unfortunately, for Los Angeles and California in the 1980s. But he sure kicked his fucking ass. And the next day, Richard was fired and then charged with rape. And then let the hell go because the couple refused to come back to El Paso and testify. Which I totally understand, dude. I mean, you've probably been looking online and seeing all those Me Too posts on social media. And, you know, it's hard to speak out about your experiences as a woman in 2017. Imagine 
1978 or 79, whenever this was, and you're trying to tell someone, and you know the cops are like, yeah, what were you wearing? Oh, nothing? Well, you were in your hotel room privately, naked, taking a shower up. You know, what you washing up for, sweetie? And, you know, they don't want to fucking deal with that shit. You just had something terrible happen. They knew better. They didn't want to come back and deal with it. So fucking Richards let go to hang out with his old war hero buddy, Mike. And they hung around for five more years in that town doing God knows what. Huffing all types of glue. Huffing all types of heck. Putting it up their nose and becoming the best of bros. And so finally <laughs> he skipped town and uh, headed off to Los Angeles, which I don't know why, man. That's a fucking weird place to go from El Paso, Texas, when you're a young man. I don't know. Would you think that he thought he was going to be like a star or some shit? I mean, he was like a good-looking dude. He had that flowing, beautiful hair. It's just his teeth were all fucked off. Yeah, maybe because the Bohemian Grove is around there. Mm-hmm. He was going like old Jack off the Moloch statue. Mm-hmm. You think he was part of the Bohemian Grove? No. Isn't that like the thought of every conspiracy Probably. serial killer? I'll tell you one thing. Deep from the heart of Texas comes Alex Jones and Richard Ramirez. Alex Jones spent his entire life trying to expose the Bohemian Grove, which Richard Ramirez was a part of. Oh, man. That would be so wild. Yeah, but he wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but he was in the Satan. He just had his own Satan thing going on. Yeah, you know? He did his own little Satan deal. <laughs> it was just him and the devil. That's a good cartoon. Richard and the Devil. Have you ever seen the Richard Ramirez movie? Yeah, dude. Every time he was killed, it just blasted the burst of death metal. Which yeah, I, fuck yeah. yeah. There was no death metal then, but that still rules. I know, yeah. It's just like Satan looked real fucking cool in the backseat of his car. Satan always looks fucking cool, man. That's <laughs> yeah. an easy character to make look cool yeah. as yeah. fuck. Have we talked about Satan on Legend on this podcast yet? I don't know. I don't think so. Dude, just imagine the Tim Curry, Satan from the Tom Cruise movie Legend, talking to fucking Richard Ramirez. Just bring me the blood of some woman from the streets of Los Angeles. I want to kill the unicorn. Oh, the unicorn? Oh, it's just a big <laughs> cummy ass devil dude. Yeah, he just dude. comes. He's so wet the whole time. It's like too. a red dick vein body. <laughs> yeah, he's all veiny and wet. He looks like a big old dog dick. Oh god. Um. Yeah, he's dicking around in L.A. There's not a lot of info about what he did. We know that he spent most of his time living out of the L.A. Port Authority, which I guess is like Skid Row. It's where all the real scummy shit goes down, all the drugs and crime. And that's when Richard started getting a taste in his old sweet tooth for cocaine and heroin. Damn. And I guess he was just eating only gas station food. Like he had a, I mean, he was just eating fucking chips, soda, candy. He probably never ate that shit because he was, you know, poor as fuck. That's another thing too. Richard is, uh, you know, he doesn't talk about that period of his life a lot, but you got to guarantee that he was stealing shit. Because when he was stealing shit from the Holiday Inn that he lived he would sell it and then buy drugs with it. Yeah. So he had learned how to do that shit. And like every good murderer or criminal we've ever talked about, there's a escalation. You know, they don't just wake up one day and start stealing shit. They learn how to do it. They perfect their craft. They get bolder and bolder and bolder. The more they don't get caught, the more they fucking do. And you got to know that those people not coming back and testifying against them 
at some point his ego got really inflated from that shit because in his mind he's talking to the devil and the devil's telling him that he's doing the right thing and he's going to be a fucking hero in hell. So Richard's trying real hard to do as much evil as he can and so he's breaking into houses, stealing shit, probably strong arm robbing people, things of that nature to get his money because he's got money. He's living in hotels all the time, moving back and forth, going to San Francisco, going to L.A., doing heroin, doing cocaine. Those are expensive habits. Yeah. Eating gas station food all the time, letting his teeth just fall to shit, getting a real yuck mouth that he's got going on. And, uh, you know, again, we talk about psychopaths and schizophrenics. He wasn't a schizophrenic, but he was a for sure psychopath. Yeah. They just build this old world up in their head, you know? And that's where he's at now. I got to imagine that while he's living in Skid Row of L.A., using heroin and cocaine, that's not a good mental state on top of what he's already been through, on top of what he's been thinking about, and he praying with Satan. He's just having a straight-up discourse with the devil right now. That's always one thing that I found super weird about Richard Ramirez being a Satanist. You know, in later interviews, he wouldn't admit to it because he was trying to appeal all those murders and things like that. But when he would sit down in trial, you know, he openly talked about, like, yes, I work for Satan. Like, explained this whole layout. And, but, you know, there's no part of any sort of Satanism that tells you to do anything like that. So he came up with all of it himself. And some of the shit that he says is pretty fucking smart and profound. I mean, in part three, we're going to do, you know, like his speech to the court and the trial and all that stuff. And it's going to chill you to the bone. Because what he's talking about, he talked about the devil with who? Woo! It'll get you riled up. <laughs> I mean, if you take what he says and apply it to doing good things, <laughs> it's kind of cool. That's not what he was doing, though. Clearly. Oh, of course not, no. Uh, and, you know, it's just standard hell shit that he's thinking about. You know, killing, raping, slaying, beating, stabbing, cutting, ripping. And finally, I think that factored in with getting a cocaine and heroin habit. Gave him the confidence to start killing people. Yeah. It's now believed that his first victim was nine-year-old May May Luing. Now, Richard never admitted to this one because we've talked about before how you have that first victim, like BTK. Yeah. They'll openly talk about everything, but uh, this was a nine-year-old girl, and it was probably a spur-of-the-moment situation, so he wasn't proud of it. You know, probably lost control of himself. It wasn't a controlled kill. And it was a little girl, so there, he did never bragged about this one. And uh, they found her body in 1984 in the basement of the hotel that Richard had been staying in in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. In 2009, they wanted to do a DNA test on the body just for, out of curiosity's sake, and sure enough, they found Richard Ramirez's DNA on her. Wow. So chances are that was his first killing. And I think he was just ashamed of it, man. I think that he probably wanted to kill somebody... And I bet that he tried to find the weakest victim that he could and see if he could actually do it. And that's what he did. He, a lot of serial killers are like that, man. Uh, Arthur Shawcross was like that. He killed two, yeah, yeah. two kids. and Right. Yeah, we talked about that, like too. Like, he just and, was fucking weird about it. Like, he didn't want to talk about it. He just said the interview's over. You know? Yeah. And speaking of uh, Arthur Shawcross, now, um, I've talked, well, I'll, I'll, let me finish. I'll, I'll finish and I'll talk about it. Yeah, but we're going to do some. We did that. When we first started trying to do our podcast, yeah. we recorded it on my laptop. Uh, and I thought it was a good episode. So yeah. I'll tell you how you can get that episode once we're done with this episode. 
Uh, and yeah, but um, the f- first killing of his L.A. terror spree, which was originally thought to be his first killing before the 2009 test, kicked off June 28th, 1984, when Richard broke into 79 Jenny Vincow's apartment in Glassell Park, Los Angeles. He breaks in. Shines a light in her eyes, runs up on her, and when they find the body, he had stabbed her so many times with such hate and force that he almost decapitated her. Whoa. So he didn't, like, try to saw her head off. He just was in there rage-stabbing her in the neck, and her head almost came all the way off. Holy shit. And that is his first killing, which ramps up into a two-year-long streak, and next week, we're going to go into all the gory details of each and every crime. So you got away pretty squeaky clean this week. Next week, if you're afraid you don't want to hear anything gross, not the one for you. But now you know the backstory of Richard Ramirez. And next week, we'll talk about all the murders that he did. The week after that, we'll talk about the trial and some of the crazy shit that he said. Um, and uh, like I said trying to do a better job sticking with the format because uh, we're pretty loose over here at Death Metal Dicks, but what we like to do is take terrible crimes and compare them to terrible death metal lyrics. So that said, <laughs> here is Gorgolum Fantastic Blast! Hopeless, you're struggling. There's no escaping this sadistic ritual. You'll endure bound and stretched, stripped naked before me. Hacking as I incise, carving into your corpulous, clawing, fingers pulverized, face obliterated, blood spurts from her eyes, torture stimulates desire, she reeks of death, slowly I work my knife until I am satisfied, digging through cavities, her stretch, her stench overwhelming me, sever the head, I sometimes leave dangling, grinning, through chunks of her flesh, anticipating my next victim, <laughs> fuming with hostility, strike her down with vicious rancor. God damn it. <laughs> uh, if you're a first time listener, boy, oh boy, do we love it when Buddy tries to read things. <laughs> Did you lose your place? Yeah. <laughs> I found it though. I got it. All right. Yeah, perfect. Force them all to watch in horror as I finish off the last. Frenzied screams ignite my bliss. Mauling filthy whores, bludgeoned, lacerate, sodomize, suffocate. Fuck her with whatever objects I can find. Whoa. No slit goes unpunished. <laughs> shove my cock. <laughs> shove my cock inside. Exit the wound, tearing the flesh barely alive. Screaming for death. Forcing my cock deep in her throat. Ending her life as I am blowing my load. Jesus Christ. I told dude. you that man is <laughs> fucked up, dude. No slit goes unpunished. <laughs> Woo, is that a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> it can be. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that wraps up uh, part one of the Richard Ramirez talk. Now we know why he's a fucking psychopath and what led to what he did. And next week, we'll find out what he did. Uh, before we get out of here, just want to plug our social media. You can follow Death Metal Dicks on Facebook, Death Metal Dicks on Instagram. You can Add me, Christopher, with a K, M. Pierce, on Facebook. You could add Buddy Lloyd on Facebook, Professional Pirate Media on Facebook, Instagram, Lloyd Have Mercy 666, Smells Like Teen Chris, Death Metal Dicks, Pro Pirate Media, Twitter for now, just uh, Pro Pirate Media and Death Metal Chris. 
Uh, we've got... Uh, we're trying to do... All right, so I'm trying to figure out if we can do a live Death Metal Dicks around this area in November. So if you're... We, we're located in... Uh, we record in Bryant, Arkansas. Me and Buddy live in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Real close to Little Rock, Arkansas. So... You know, if we could put together a show in Little Rock, uh, we've got a lot of people that listen in Northwest Arkansas. So yeah. one of the two, we really like to start doing this thing live. I'm going to work really hard this week and try to get a Patreon page for us next week. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's just a way to make money off of your pod. I don't, I don't want to say it like that. Basically, if you like this podcast, uh, we put a lot of work into it. About 10 hours of research per episode, plus putting it all together, recording it, paying to put it online. And we will always continue to give you that for free. We've got no sponsors. We're not necessarily trying to get sponsors. I would much prefer to just go through our fans and friends. I consider you friends. If you're listening to us, we try to make this podcast just like hanging out with me and buddy, you know, that's what we want it to feel like. So Patreon is a way to support what we're doing here. It's going to be real reasonable, uh, we'll have different tiers of stuff. We'll have uh, some stuff that we've made to give away. We're, we're going to try to send out some show notes, maybe a page of some of our show notes signed by me and Buddy. Uh, but more importantly, um, if you sign up for it, we're going to have a way for you to get the episode we record that night. Usually we record on Tuesday. I put the podcast out on Wednesday or Thursday. Once we get the Patreon going, we won't put it out till. I think probably Friday. I think I figured out a way to time it online. So it'll come out on Friday. And then if you get the Patreon, you'll be able to get it on Tuesday. So you'll beat everybody to the punch. And we've got about 12 backlogged episodes. We gave you a taste of a couple of them this week. We've got a lot more content that we did on my old computer. If you get a certain tier, you'll be able to have access to that at any time. Uh, We're going to start doing record reviews. I think it's a good way to go. We'll review records. Uh, you can suggest whatever record you want if you're on a certain tier. Um, we will shout you out on every podcast at this part where I'm doing the talking now if you get on a certain tier. So we're going to figure out all those numbers. I want it to be super reasonable. It would just help us a lot. We need to get like a website, which costs hosting money. Basically, anything we make from the Patreon is going to go towards making the podcast bigger. Yeah. So, you know, before we get that out, if you want to recommend us to your friends, that helps a lot. Uh, giving us five star reviews on iTunes that helps a ton, dude. Like we we get more and more every week, and man, you can really see the impact from getting five star reviews. Pushes up the charts, getting more downloads. Uh, you know, I'm always overwhelmed when I look at the numbers of how many downloads we have, how cool you guys are, and how much you've been listening to us. And we love that. That makes yeah. us feel wonderful. We've had some great conversation with some people just for, from doing this, man. It's yeah, awesome. we're meeting so many cool people, and by all means, we're here. So if you ever want to reach out to us for anything, send us a message. Send us a friend request. We want to be your friend on any social media platform. And sometimes they have weird filters, so if it takes a little bit to get back, that's all. It is. We'll always get back to you. We're super friendly. We like to talk to you guys. So keep it. Keep the conversations going. We like that. Um, tell us about whatever. We talk about the episodes. Talk about anything you want to, and uh, just be patient with us if we don't get back to you right away because it's more and more people trying to get a hold of us all the time. And also, uh, I'm going back to the comment section on iTunes. You leave us a five star review and the roasters in the comments. Uh, if you checked out our uh, last blackmail episode, I had a candle made out of animal bones. If you roast us real good, the best roast gets that candle. I'll ship it to yeah, you. Yeah, it's kick-ass, too. We'll ship it to you for free. 
And uh, so far, we've got a clear-cut leader, so you can go in there and laugh at some of the comments that people roasted us with. That's going to run all the way through October, so on the Halloween episode, we'll remember to announce who won the October Roast Us Contest. We'll probably do one every month. I don't see why not. You're a crafty guy. You make cool stuff. And, uh, you know, we're having a great time. We appreciate you listening in, and hopefully you jump on the Patreon thing. And like I was saying that whole Patreon rant for us. We're trying to get a live show going because if we have live shows, we'll release them exclusively to patrons of the show. And that would be our first one looking towards the middle or end of November, which is coming up pretty soon. I put a post about it on Facebook, which hasn't taken off the way I thought that it might. But if you are interested in seeing us live, doing a live podcast, it'll be a ton of fun. Uh, let us know. Cause I'd like to figure out what venue, how many people we should plan on, which helps guide the venue down. And then of course we would record the episode and release it to patrons only. Yep. Try to get some cool bands to come with us too. Yeah. We're definitely going to find, I think the I think the ticket would be to find a comedian to host it, do the podcast and have one of our favorite bands. That's regional enough to get him over to play the show. So we'll turn you on to some good death metal from the area. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys so much. I'm just, I'm just trying to be appreciative. I mean, you guys really make us feel great by, the interactions and the amount of listens that we get. It's incredible. So thank you guys. Let's keep the uh, energy up. You know what I mean? And next week we'll talk about some brutal killings. So make sure you tune in for that. Enjoy this one. Dive into the back catalog. Tell your friends, five star reviews, manifest an evil entity into your life to take control of something you've been having a problem with this week. Anything else, buddy? Hmm. Make sure that you show your dick to that entity. Yeah, vagina. Yeah, they got to see your genitals to know you're all the way genitals. If you have both, that's even better. Oh, yeah, if you're a hermph, you're getting fucking learned. from. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, we're going to send you out with a big old uh, Satan is Lord, Lucifer is God, Beelzebub reigns, Leviathan forever. Let's